worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you let us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd It's a new week, and welcome back. It's the It's Canon Podcast Show, the podcast where we talk about everything video games, everything Star Wars, everything, oh, heck, Lego, everything pop culture, everything movies, everything music. Well, no music. My bad. But we talk about pretty much everything, and this week, we have a very specific episode to talk about what's going on in the world of video games. And uh, just remember, thank you for tuning into the It's Canon Podcast, and I am Pleased to say, I have with me today the one, the only, the often duplicated but never imitated, Tyler. Hey, oh, I returned. Phil, I have news. This is the last time you're probably going to see this version of The Office. It, it I looks have, like it's in a state of flux as we speak. I have gutted two-thirds of my basement now, and this is the last room to gut. So I think next episode I'm going to be in my kitchen. Hmm. And then I'm going to be in an unfinished room and then I'm probably going to miss a week and then I'll hopefully be in the new office, which is 15 feet that way. Nice. Well, yeah, I was thinking that this week. I know I apologize to everybody because we've been struggling a little bit with a lot of our own personal lives to get the episodes out there. And obviously the summer being the summer and, you know, I guess in Canada, there is this opportunity where we can be outside and not yep. be stuck or hemmed in by the weather would be the way that I, I phrase it because it's either crappy out, cold out, whatever. And obviously with all of these uh, COVID things going on and the vaccinations being what they are in our great country, we've been enjoying the benefits of that and being outside and being outside isn't great for recording podcast episodes. So I've been yeah, wandering around southern Ontario a little bit. I've been having fun. I know Tyler's been hard at work with his house. And Boris is up to his eyeballs as our fearless leader with all kinds of personal stuff himself. So we hope to have him back sooner than later. Uh, but yeah. in the meantime, we will do our best to get you a regular show. Uh, it should calm down with the seasons changing. Um and yeah. uh, schedule's clearing up a little bit and life getting a little more normal. But I know Tyler is ripping up everything. So. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was worried about you this week. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, the right now, uh, uh, for our American and international listeners, there's an election coming up in Canada. And mm -hmm. Nova Scotia, where I am, just had an election. And currently, there is a program where if you own a house and you make it more energy efficient the government gives you a whack ton of money so we sat down and we applied we looked at grants and we looked at stuff and we're gonna we're we're basically gutting our basement refinishing the entire thing redoing our furnace 
pull like, like a brand new furnace and we're going to be out of pocket maybe two thousand dollars nice which is it's like it's bananas it's it's the thing of like it's it's free money and we're just we're worried that new government means the program ends so yeah you gotta you gotta cash the chips in while you can right oh exactly exactly yeah here's uh hoping that all your politics wherever you are in the world uh you get to take advantage of them and make them work for you and yeah i'm I'm glad you're able to take advantage of that tyler it's um, uh What else have you been up to? I know you're gutting stuff, but have you been watching stuff? Have you been reading stuff? So, weirdly enough, I have been doing two big other things this week. Um, number one is, I actually was on... I, 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 I had hoped Boris was here because I was going to razz him. But I, I, I cheated on It's Canon this week. I'm sorry to say. Oh. I was on the Nerd Burger RPG R&D podcast. Uh, where I I would talk with some other RPG designers about some very in the weeds stuff, and right. I you should go listen to Nerdburger. You should go listen to right. the RPG R and D if you're interested in that kind of thing. Maybe don't listen to my episode. I I honestly I feel like it was not my best appearance, and I you know it's one of those instances where you prepped and you prepped and you prepped and I still felt like an idiot around these two. So I'm like, I'm very self-conscious about my appearance. It'll be up in a few weeks. And other than that, I popped back into playing No Man's Sky, actually. Oh, I've heard some. I got it. There's been some changes to that. There's, I mean, I just played it two years ago, so there's been a lot of changes. But I I grabbed it for the PS5 and I've been popping onto that. Uh, I haven't been sleeping well, so it's been a lot of like midnight playing it. (laughs) <laughs> and it's a solid game like it's a very meditative game where you know if you're looking for something that's challenging if you might die you're probably not going to die if you're halfway paying attention to that game but it's far more a question of efficiency and accomplishing things and exploration and it's super awesome how about yourself phil uh you know what i i i've been tripping down this rabbit hole of xbox game pass and oh yeah, having that S console now and having the one terabyte expansion on it. So space isn't really a factor in my brain anymore with it compared to the PS5. And what I did was I was scro- scrolling through the Game Pass options and games. And I found this one Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. All right. And I didn't realize this got released. Apparently it was released about two months ago. Yeah. This is the newest one that did not get favorably reviewed. Oh, I agree. I, I, it got panned by (laughs) everybody that I looked at, but here's the specialty of this particular title. Mm -hmm. I loved reading forgotten realms, D and D books when I was Uh, in high school. Yep. And I fell in love hard with the character of Dritz Dewarden. Yep. And I read all that series and R.A. Salvatore's like ongoing novels until I finally was just like, what the hell am I doing with my life? But this was, you know, the Icewind Dale trilogy characters in a video game and you're able to play them. And all things being said, it's not a bad game, especially from a solo perspective. Now, I realize there's a multiplayer perspective in this. I haven't experienced that yet because I just haven't found anybody who really enjoys it or I know that would dive right into it the way that I do. 
but I just throw it. I do a couple modules each night, each night, and I'm really enjoying it. The gameplay is is good enough. It's not held up by by slowing down mechanics. It's a hack and slash. Go and kill shit. Graphics are half decent. They're not the best. It's, the sound is half decent. It's not the best. It's almost like the old Gauntlet Warriors games, right? If yeah. I, I'm, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm enjoying the loot system because you pick up loot in the area that you're in, but you're not allowed to equip it. So you know you picked up something. And then you have to go back to your base camp and open up a chest. And the chest will give you the loot. And then you have to analyze it. And then you can go and upgrade it with the with the little guy that's there. And so I'm back into I'm I'm notorious for latching into games, especially like Borderlands or whatever. I'm not reading a lot. I'm not I'm not taking advantage of the things that I can take advantage of. I just want to play. Yeah. This game is getting me interested in building my character. Awesome. So I gotta say hats off to it. You actually found a target audience in me. I know that other people panned it and there's a lot of critical review around it, but it's hitting every checkbox for me right now, just on the pure nostalgia level, let alone anything else. But I'm I'm enjoying gaming for the first time in a long time. Oh, awesome. So that that's been a real welcome thing. Um as well, I've been doing my regular gambit, right? I've been watching Ted Lasso, so I get my weekly cry in. Yeah, oh uh, my god. It's hitting it's hitting heavy. I'm yeah. I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm still in season episode, one. I got late to it. We just watched two episodes today and geez that show. Jeez. Like and here's the thing about it, right? I know you've heard Boris and I talk about yeah. this for like a year. It's the one show I have all my friends watching it now too. It's the one show you don't have to feel bad about watching. You actually feel good about life when you're done an episode. Yeah. You have optimism. It introduces a ray of sunshine. And it doesn't have to be the best show in the world. It doesn't have to be the most, you know, thought-provoking. It just makes you feel. I would argue it's actually thought-provoking in the best way because it it radically challenges the assumptions of that you have to be cynical. It's like, no, just just do your best. Be optimistic. Just be a ray of sunshine. And that can yeah. be okay. And that's that's like a radical sentiment, so... Yeah, and I, I think maybe the world had that and it doesn't have it anymore, right? And this is yeah. reintroducing it. And another one that I'm guiltily watching on the side, and I, I, I was waiting to throw this one on Boris, but Schmigadoon. Ah, yes. Okay, I hate musicals. I really? loathe okay. them, all right? Okay. And I get some people love them. And I Bill love, has no I soul. love that. Okay. Yeah, I love that you love them. All right. Uh, anybody who loves musicals, I, I love that you love them. I don't want my disdain for this. I just have a real difficult time with the concept of springing into music at any point in time. All right. My ex-wife used to love Glee. And that was uh, an hour that I wanted to go and, and uh, murder animals to. And so I'm I would argue a hurdy person. So. I would argue Glee's not a musical. Oh, fair enough. Fair I would argue Glee is a show with music. And yeah. then your crazy ex-girlfriend is a musical. Oh, my God. I, in, in typical Tyler obsesses with definitions, I had a long chat with someone about this recently where it was, what's the difference between a musical, a rock opera, and a show with a lot of music? Mm. And both and rock operas and musicals have to have songs that move the plot forward. And Glee okay. regularly has songs that it's the song is not, the song itself is not moving the plot forward. 
Okay, that that's a very good structure actually because yeah, I can accept musicals in the form of the Muppets. Yeah, all right, because I've already suspended my belief systems to and, and to allow these little furry creatures into my life and touch my mm -hmm. heart and all that. So there are musicals that I can or movies with music in them that I can engage with as a musical. I would I'd argue, argue that argue... Muppets was very much a musical. Yeah, I'd argue most Muppet movies are actually musicals. Yeah. So I'm I'm I am I am aware of that hypocrisy within myself. All right. My, I will say this. My other favorite musical of all time, I'd love to do an episode on this actually. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it. But my other favorite musical of all time was Blues Brothers. At any point in time, oh. I could watch a Blues Brothers as a kid. Now that I think falls into the, your other definition. Yeah, I don't know. It's I a think movie that moved forward with music, but then I think of the Ray Charles dance and the Aretha Franklin respect. Yeah, no, you're right. It is a musical. It's just it's a musical, yeah. but not all the musical numbers are musical musical yeah. numbers. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's all about getting the band back together. We're on the a mission band. from God. Yeah. Like that that's that to me was acceptable i somehow yeah. it got past the gate well I, I i mean i don't want to spend too much of this because we can end up whole things i just watched jesus christ superstar again this week <laughs> and i would argue it. that's another one that i think like it, it's it is not grounding itself at all it's already so out there that when it's like and we now all sing you're like yeah now you all sing i'm on board yeah. let's do this versus it, it, i'm with you like like some like the latest lame is is rough because mm -hmm. it's so trying to ground it otherwise. Cats just like Cats. tonal shifts. But here's Schmigadoon, the show about musicals yep. by people who hate musicals. Yep. Like it, 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 it's a guy from Saturday Night Live, Lauren Michaels. Uh, like it's, it's a very smart show and it's got the right mix of actors and whatnot and cameos and everything that I'm, openly laughing watching this show and enjoying it and again not feeling bad about stuff and i i find that that's a big precursor to tv for me right now is yeah. if i'm sitting down i'm watching something that's going to be heavy and it's going to make me think a lot and all that that's not necessarily a bad thing but i've been doing so much of that yeah that i just want tv to be an escape sometimes totally. and that's what i get out of the muppets and that's what i get out of stuff like this totally yeah so that's our our lovely uh, uh, banter about musicals, yeah. which I part didn't one of show like, <laughs> finished. I, I didn't realize like this was a nerve that we both had. Oh my god, we like we're gonna schedule a musical episode now. Yeah, like because I'm I'm curious what Boris has experienced with musicals. I I, Bor I I don't know Boris. That could go any way with him. I know we got he might yeah. know some Latin American musicals like some. You know what oh, I mean? Like some yeah. Spanish musicals or something that are extremely hard hitting. Like I don't culturally know how other areas of the world approach a musical. So yeah. that interests me. Like, I mean, again, again, nerding out about nerding out. Speaking of other parts of the world, just to kind of put a bow in this. What's the difference between opera and musical? Mm. <laughs> I have not found someone give me a definition that is actually like all encompassing. Of only like yeah. making the divide in a way that everyone agrees with. Oh, so I... listeners, that's our challenge this week. Yeah, I'll put a prize in the line. I'll figure out something. If Send us an email by October, by November first for a definition of the difference between 
an opera and a musical. And you can email us at show at itscampodcast.com. Hey, that came in handy. <laughs> I'll review them. And I will. What do I have? Give me a second. Look around. I have a bunch of free stuff for prizes. Oh, away. we'll figure something out. I've got. We'll some... announce it. We'll announce what the prize is next episode. Yeah. If 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 you're an American listener and a Lego fan willing to take this on, I've got a poly bag that was never sold in the States. Oh, that I could possibly ship because I happen to pick up 20 or 30 of them. So whoa, there you go. An Inchago poly bag that never got sold. What? There you go. So we have a prize now. Yeah. So yeah, get on Excellent. it. Boris get on is it. gonna be wondering. He's gonna look at the inbox and go, why the hell is everybody talking about an opera, guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be great. Uh, you were supposed awesome. to do a video game episode. <laughs> Speaking of, let's do the transition. We only have two big stories today, but both of them yeah. are like multi-part. And number one is last week was the latest September 9th Sony State of Play. Yeah. This, I logged into Twitter. I saw some yep. buzz and then I yep. immediately shut that app off and I realized that I missed it. Yep. And I went and I watched it. And I got to say, when Sony feel like they're getting cornered, this is where consumers win in yeah. these console wars. Because mm-hmm. I get, I'm, I've got a foot in each pond right now of the big boys. Yep. And I got to say, this warmed the cockles of my heart because Sony flexed. And I, I just feel like there's a lot of good press going for the Xbox. And Sony just kind of quietly said, we're not dead yet. I, I mean, their sales are still great. It is also coming off of... I don't want to call it bad news, but a lot of like speculation of what's going on with the smaller heat sink in the PS5. Yeah, which was a topic we were going to talk about as well, and we may as well incorporate that into here in the front. I end. think we just do it briefly because I think it's, I yeah. don't think anything conclusive has been released yet. Oh, no, I know it's some I've people. articles coming out that say it might be better. Yeah, I've heard people say that, you know, it might just be that they've, they've done a bunch of testing now that they didn't have done before, and it doesn't need the bigger heat sink. Yeah, or this more efficiently dissipates the heat that it does generate. Sure. You're like all, all these could be true. It, it's just weird that it it looked funky that Sony wasn't more transparent about it. It's, they, this new model showed up. It's yeah. lighter. Nobody knew why. Yeah, they didn't get ahead of the narrative perhaps as much as maybe they thought they should. But it also might have been that was during a bit of a slow news week, which I think yes. is part of why it got the coverage it did. Yeah, but, like, uh, I, had, I had a Frank Oz story on our list that week. Yeah. What oh, game do you... Oh, yeah. Which is a weird link. He, he was okay. actually in Blues Brothers, which is another reason why it's one yes, of my yes. movies. There you go. One prophylactic used. That's Frank Oz, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is. <laughs> what game do you want to talk about first? Um, I, I have hot picks and I have other picks, like ones that I don't care about, but you might be all over. Well, that's why I asked you. What, what's your what's your hottest pick? Oh, my hottest pick easily. I felt like a little schoolgirl. Yep, Wolverine. That's what I expected from you, Phil. Yep. That, that... I I'm worried. I'd love to be wrong, but yep. I remember the last Wolverine game, mm-hmm. and I would argue that two of the hardest characters to make video games for are Superman and Wolverine. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, you know what? I think almost. I, I think the only ones that have translated well are Batman and Spider Man. I think they translate the best. Yeah. There's been some other decent ones. 
Yeah, that's true. I, I play Deadpool still. So Yeah, Deadpool, it's impossible to get. Moon? That game's worth a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, High, High Moon actually hit it out of the park on that one for me. It's got its issues, but it works. Um, here's why I'm optimistic, because it's Insomniac Games. And maybe... Totally. Before Spider-Man, if you told me Insomniac Games was doing it, I'd be like, eh. I have a little bit higher of a bar now. I do understand that it's got possibly the worst possibility of being a train wreck. Yeah. There's also an Easter egg in there that is just starting to hit the internet in that there's a Quebec license plate on the upper part of the bar that says Hulk 181. Dun, dun, dun. So there's speculation already starting that maybe Hulk is in this game. That'd be um, interesting. Yeah, there, there's a lot of ways that this could go now that Marvel and like Disney has access to these characters and is starting to license them. Yes. To these, you know, developers. Yeah. So that was my number one pick. I do agree. It could be bad. But I'm like, hopeful. But yeah. I'm worried. But I'm hopeful. But I'm and, worried. As well, like something else that caught me a little bit off guard was opening with KOTOR. Yeah, I. It made it forgettable. Because of where they positioned it and they didn't say a lot, but that was pretty big. It was the secret everybody knew. I mean, so I might get some flack for this, but the new Kodor is the one that I am least excited about right now. Hmm, fair. I um I love the Kodor games, but also I, as we've talked about, I don't, I don't love how much of the current active era of Star Wars is very much being left on the table, and I think the longer that you know we don't get another Fallen Order and we don't start to delve into either during. Episode seven, eight, nine, or even after episode seven, eight, nine, it's just going to start to get built up again, right? Mm. Versus this thing now, where they're like, "Oh, it's the old, the old high years mm. of." It's just different. Well, I know for a fact that the post seven, eight, nine stuff is being worked on to be a movie, to be um, film adapted first okay. before it gets licensed out as anything else. Because they need to understand the implications of the canon. So I get that. I'm like, you know, it's a huge thing that's sitting there. I mean, I'd love to see more stuff like squadrons that are between episodes six and seven. Yeah, for sure. Like, I I, I, don't get me wrong. I and I do think, you know, with Ubisoft making a Star Wars video game, EA making Fallen Order 2, there's a lot going on. I do like the idea because Aspire is a group that did the the last clone trooper game uh, clone yep. commandos or whatever and that was actually good it was yeah. the same game but it was formatted to run really well on the ps5 and sure. i actually played more of that than i did when i first bought it on cd-rom for my computer so i to me hats off to to aspire I happen to be friends with a couple of the people who are developing it and have been doing it in secret up until that reveal. Dun, so dun, dun. I'm even more excited about what those people are going to be putting out there. 
Yeah. Because now that it's official and they're doing it, I just hope that they don't screw with the narrative because Drew Carpishan or Carpishian yep. did a great job writing it. You know, Edmonton native. The guy, the guy basically did all of the Mass Effect stuff. In One and two. Yeah. And he, and he made the golden years of KOTOR, right? Like the Bioware really rode on his, his story writing. Yeah. He's super talented. I do think I am, you know, we only got the teaser, but mm -hmm. KOTOR 2 has long been this big question mark, right? Of like, well, KOTOR 3. No, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm saying KOTOR 2. Yeah. Because a bunch of the stuff that was written and actually programmed oh. is not, was not released. And, most people who like the definitive quarter or two experience requires heavy use of mods to mm. like re put stuff back into the game. Interesting. So I'm curious what they're gonna do with that. Yeah. And you know, it, Darth Revan is a fascinating character and this is the origin, like part of the origin story of him and his conflict. And I've read the novels, some of them, um, you know, it's to the point where I bought his lightsaber for my birthday this year. Nice. Um, so it's uh, if, if for me to go outside of canon on mm -hmm. that is really unusual for myself, but it's it speaks to how much I really enjoyed it. So I was happy to see it in in PS, in the PS5 state of play. Like everything else, I think files under. I'm excited about it just because it exists. Yeah, but those were my big surprises. What about you? What's what's your big? Your big takeaways. Um, I mean, I am the most excited for Spider-Man 2. Mm -hmm. It looks like we're going to start seeing some really interesting things. We hinted, what, three major villains? Mm-hmm. Craven, Venom. Oh, my God, who's the other one? They hinted one, and it's gone from my head. Wait. A lot of it went over my head only when I saw the Venom. Yeah face and i'm like oh yeah that guy yeah, yeah. it also yeah. seems that they're going to kind of impl imply that you're going to get a craven venom matchup yeah like they're going to have cravenized venom in there yeah. but i mean the i loved the previous two spider-mans spider-mans from them yeah miles Raleigh was super fun even though it was a little bit short i loved their take on kind of sort of the tinkerer Mm -hmm. I don't want to get too much into spoilers. No, uh, and, and, and to be honest, like they approach these things and they take what they want to from the comics and the movies yeah. and everything, and they leave stuff on the table. They have their own narrative. So well, I think it's the best way to do it. Yeah, you have to have like a license. You can't just replicate what's in the pages. Yeah, I, I do think that they are. I think that they're starting to approach a point that I think that is going to be interesting where, you know, it, there's a bunch of people and places in the Spider-Man games that we haven't addressed yet, really. Like, mm -hmm. it's all it's all little teases and stuff. Like, but we, we have the Avengers Tower. We know the Avengers are in this world. Yeah. Uh, we have Luke Cage. We have Matt Murdock. We have Foggy. And yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what they do or don't do with a lot of those pieces but i mean how fun would it be to have a defenders-esque game come out of this where you have like spider-man luke cage um matt murdoch and you're running around new york and you're swapping between characters who kind of have different powers and different navigation tool sets 
Yeah, and to be honest as well, I saw some stuff on the internet talking about the idea that mm-hmm. they've isolated some frames from Spider-Man's newest trailer, and there seems to be a lot of construction going on around Avengers Tower. Yeah. With the Fantastic Four symbol on it. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. So do the Fantastic Four buy Avengers Tower? Yeah. It, th- th- this, this could be hand-in-hand hand with a lot of stuff that Marvel's doing cinematically, right? Oh, like, yeah. There could be a lot of cross-pollination going on here, and then it could be its own little universe. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, at some point, they're also going to talk about whether the Avengers game is mm-hmm. the same universe or not, which... And we have Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Right? That that actually looked competent. I mean, well, I am, I am arguably more worried about that than Wolverine. Yeah, just because of Square Enix. <laughs> that is part of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but Avengers video game had me for about 10 minutes, and then it lost me. So... I, yeah... Like yeah. it wore out. It wore out after a couple nights of grinding. And I'm like, really? This is what I'm doing is just beating yeah. people up. And I'm like, this is really repetitive. Not yeah. getting the variants I need. So yeah. You know, that being said, uh God of War of Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah. Did you play I, the other one on the PS4? I did, but I didn't finish it. Like I got it. I got the PS4 so late. And then I went over to PS5, so I lost my progress. Mm. Um, because I don't know how, but the the yeah. hard I've I've had internal hard drive the whole time, and the transition didn't go well. Mm. And then I physically did not have the PS4 anymore. Right. So in the transition, it just wiped everything. So like I have to redo ghost of Tsushima, like i have to get halfway through that game again to finish it oh well then there's the, the ps5 version came out last week or the week before yeah i i paid the 40 bucks oh, i'm an idiot but i i think that game's not worth it that game's already beautiful enough yeah that game did look damn good i just wanted to see the expansion yeah. and everything but i i god of war that that re that the version they did in 2018 literally was the first video game i'd finished in ages oh wow and i went back and replayed it nice three more times oh wow so i found it was very comforting the narrative between you know the father and the son and and the interaction with all the other gods and the mythology and everything like Uh that i thought was just really well done so i'm excited to see alana pierce is writing contributing to that show she came out and announced that so I'm excited for her to see how that plays out in her career and whatnot. Um, and the other one that, that hit me of this state of play that was really subtle was the Radiohead game. Kid A. It's, yeah. It's, it's going back to Kid A and uh, the other album that came out after it. Yeah. Mania or whatever. Anyhow, that, that might be fun. I don't know, like when when bands do stuff like this with their music and video games, it can either be a complete train wreck yep. or it can allow you a new avenue into their musicality. So I'm hoping that we get option number two and we get a vision into Radiohead who have been quiet lately. So I'm just wondering how much time and energy they have been putting into this project. And that might be the sleeper hit for me. 
because everything else looked very video gamey. Yeah. Which is yeah. bad. It's just whether it tickles your fancy or not, right? Yeah. A lot of remasters otherwise, though. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I have heard that the people who are still playing Grand Theft Auto are pissed. But, you know, the other side is that still just prints money for them. So as long as it prints money, they have no incentive to do anything else. Nope. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Like that uh, was the least inspiring thing I had seen was, yeah, you're going to make more money. OK, good. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I beat it. I thought the, the single yep. player was was fine and interesting. I tried to play the multiplayer and it was. Nuts. One of the worst multiplayer experiences I've ever had. Here's the trick that I learned with multiplayer. Oh, yeah? you, can, you can make a private session. Yeah. If you dig around the settings. And then when I go multiplayer, I invite only people that I know. We get in and then we do the online multiplayer stuff like the heists. And crap By like the time that. I got there, I had no one else playing it. Oh, that sucks. Right? So I was just like, there was nothing for me. Uh, heck, if, if I'm telling, like, honestly, I was in early on that game. And, yeah. you know, did exactly what you did. Played the single player and everything. And myself and a friend of mine were playing it. And we figured out you could take pictures. Oh, game, yeah. Right? And wouldn't you know it, like, you know, two middle-aged dudes <laughs> on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon in a private session game, invite some late evening over to do lap dances in our apartment while we're doing smoking and drinking and taking screenshots. And then we didn't realize until it was like a couple weeks later that one of us private messages each other, the other guy and says, did you know that all of our screenshots are publicly available on our accounts? Unless we turn this feature off. Yeah. Like, Oh, well, that's not a good look. Yeah. (laughs) So there was some panic session uh, manipulation going on there. But I always laughed at that, and I'm like, oh, that game, you can never trust it. So, yep. Um, i got to slide one more thing in before we get to the big Apple. The okay. Epic. Yeah. I'm going to ask this question. I don't know what the answer is going to be, but did you watch the Matrix 4 trailer? I did. And? <sighs> I want it to be good. So yeah. I have not talked about this a lot, but like, I actually really, really dug the first two Matrix movies. Yes, me too. And I thought the third one had a lot of potential. I, I yeah. feel like it 100% stumbled. But, I mean, hundred like, anyone who from the beginning didn't recognize that this was a wow. quasi, amongst other things, a quasi-Buddhist retelling of the life of any other, any messiah or prophet... And that he has to like kind of die at the end and has to go through mm-hmm. stuff. Like, like you weren't paying attention. Yeah. His name is Tom Anderson, which translates to like doubting son of man. Mm-hmm. Like he literally gets called my own personal Jesus Christ is like the one of the first lines in the movie. Yeah. It, it, uh, I'm there with you. I'm super intrigued. Uh. I, I, it seems like we're kind of going back and it's going to be like really trippy and out there, which I think is a good way to, to do it. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think we're going to see it, it. felt almost like it's going to be some revisitation in the form of it's being a compressed remake or retelling from a different perspective. Because it, a lot of the scenes are very reminiscent of all of the movie's key sequences. Yes. Well, I think that's on purpose, right? I, mean, yeah. I think it's going to be but almost that, like a remix and this yes. he's going through these motions again because he's he's still back in. I mean, again, if you go back to the original, it's super influenced by by Buddhism. Mm -hmm. And if he is unable to let go of Trinity, he cannot reach Nirvana, which is the last state of ascendancy and enlightenment, which means he does, which means he gets stuck back in the cycle of reincarnation. Yeah. And you know what? Like, there's a lot of great literature out there on the philosophy of the Matrix. If the Matrix was the key that gets yeah. you to explore some of this stuff exists. I always enjoyed the culture around it. The Animatrix show um i collected the todd mcfarland toys i have what my ex-wife hates in that oh, one no. of those big huge octopus things oh yeah and on a stand that was just absolutely hideous and you know like this blind neo with weeping bandages <laughs> oh stopping yeah. it with his hand and stuff it's just crazy some of the stuff that got made and how much i was into it right like one year i dressed up as one of the white twins Oh, geez. With the dreadlocks and everything. And I'm Do like, photos exist for that? Oh, probably somewhere. I was like, no comment. It was a, that was an interesting time. But yeah, I was I was really super into those movies, too. So I got the feels when I watched this this trailer. I felt like it was different enough, but I huh. also felt nostalgic. Makes sense. And I'm very um, my friend texted me and he was very nostalgic and weepy over ghostbusters afterlife trailer and i'm like i had that moment i'm like yeah it was like when chewy looks at her hand looks at chewy and says chewy we're home yeah in that trailer right that was like a big okay i can't it, it, it's 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 raining in here kind of moment and yeah i was just like yeah I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes i love that it's on hbo max yeah so the internet's gonna get it and embrace it well, or is it going to be again? Nothing's ever well, good enough. Well, here's the thing. All right. When it comes to this, my only exposure to anything is vehicleized through this show. Oh, I've tailored enough. my Twitter feed. If you're going to sit there and shit on something all day, if that's your Twitter feed, bye. I'm not going to make a scene out of it. I'm not going to make a public unfollowing or anything. I'm just going to cut you out. Don't want to see it. That's simple. It, so you're I not like me. What's that? You're not like me who is regularly engaging in self-torture. Yeah. I don't want to antagonize myself with any of this stuff. It's geekdom. It's my enjoyment. If you didn't like Dark Alliances, that's fine. I love it. Yeah. Right? Like that, and that's that's my that's my Ted Lasso moment. <laughs> okay. That's my optimism. Yeah, that's you're just my... like, let's all do it. Let's be good. Yeah. Let's just let's just go. Have fun. Be you know, I'm glad it exists. I there are certain things I hate about Star Wars, but you know what? I watch them over and over again. You know why? I'm glad it exists. There you go. Because for a while there, it was three movies. <laughs> for now quite a while. Got, yeah. Now I got nine. You know, like the fan base got, got really upset over Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance getting yep. banned. But I'm like, we got ten more hours. Two hours of that movie, like the first two hours of that movie, made a, and we waited thirty some odd years. Now we have 10 hours. That means we can wait 100 years for season two. 
you go. Like, there's books. There's a culture around this. There's comics. There's comics. There's people making cheddar. From cheddar. <laughs> cheddar cheese. So, speaking of cheddar cheese. Yes, that's our perfect segue. Great big legal case this week that I have not read all 185 pages of the <laughs> findings and the judge's decision. But I have, I would argue, read a lot more pages than some of the reporters we've seen. I'm telling you, man. And th- everybody's, fighting words. everybody's basically trying to take a position and justify it through cursory readings. God. And it's it's a it's a bit of a crap show out there, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Like I I can't profess that we've got all the answers at this point ourselves. No. But, but I, I can think definitely say that nobody else does either. Like yes. this you're gonna you're gonna get an analysis of an issue here from a person who's probably got an above a much uh, above average uh take on on being hopefully. able to understand hopefully right i would argue if nothing else i've spent more time on it than a lot of people yes and whether and or not you're familiar with contracts you're familiar with rulings yes and how well, to, to yes. decipher them like for oh, a layman God. like me to go and try to attempt reading the bits that you have read would be akin to just being able to pull out some obscure language i will like, say to the judge to her credit because i believe it's her this was one of she she is very good at writing her opinion which is what it's called it's called an opinion when you have this thing uh it got released in three documents at the end and basically it's two one-page documents that are the summary and then a, a 185 page document which is her being like here's how i got to these decisions wow so i'm gonna introduce a little bit of structure here Mm-hmm. Uh, just so we don't get too far off in the weeds. Uh, first off, we're going to talk about some of the big questions, um, which in this case, it is almost all what definitions are we using? Mm-hmm. We're then going to talk about how the media is covered, covering it and our criticisms. We're then going to talk about outside of California and what's going. And then I think we're going to wrap up with what comes next. Okay, and let's let's put it on the table. We're yeah. talking about Apple v. Epic. Yes. A decision was reached. In the California case. In the California case, there are other there are other litigations pending involving Google in California yes. or wherever else they've issued. There's a Google v. Epic. Not Google v. Epic. Google Yeah, Google v. Epic in yeah. California as well. And then we're gonna touch on some of the other cases later on because i've pulled up a bunch of them yeah so that's that's just so our listeners know what it's about and this has ramifications i know i'm joking when i say it's a video game episode or whatever it has ramifications in the game world in the sense that epic are running the biggest video game and are having issues with some of these services that deliver the video game and the payment subscriptions but this has reach that goes way beyond that yeah. because if you've got netflix that you signed up through your apple iphone mm-hmm. or what, a spotify account or any of these recurring monthly subscriptions you have to understand at the very base of this that apple and google are harvesting 30 percent of that payment mm-hmm. 
you know, each month. We they're also just need arbitrarily to arbitrarily lifting that money, right? So yeah. they're they've got their reasons for doing it, which they're defending in court because that's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. So Tyler. So we also <laughs> need to talk about before we get into the actual discussion, we also need to talk about the other side of it, which is one of the things that comes up in this game in this case is what is a video game? Yeah. And yeah. we're gonna talk about how important definitions are in this specific case. But first, we have to do a quick little, hey, guys, I'm sorry. I have to teach you a basic law concept. Yep. And that is questions of law versus questions of fact. This is like a first year law concept. When you are in in front of a judge, when you're in a court setting of any kind. Roughly speaking, every single decision that, that the judge or the jury is making breaks down into questions of law, questions of fact, or some combination of the two. So a question of law is, does this law, in this case, it's the California Competition Act, apply here or not? And if so, or if not, what tests and what what rules of this are applying in what ways? The question of fact is more of stuff of like, is Apple charging 30%? A lot of these facts were not in a lot of those facts were not in dispute. One of the facts that was in dispute is what marketplace are we talking about? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, combinations obviously are like, well, you know, if we say that, you know, Apple is a monopoly in this case, X, Y, and Z apply, and if it's not, A, B, and C apply, and that Excuse me, didn't get the mic in that, time, in that time. And what the interaction is. So that's kind of the big thing to keep in your mind. And the judge in this case focused a lot on questions of fact. Uh, and there is not a lot. If you ever have a thing where you're like, well, the judge came up with a new rule or the judge, you know, Roe v. Wade is yeah. your example of Roe v. Wade was a question of law. And they, they changed how the law is interpreted and works. They weren't discussing the actual facts of the case when they made that final decision at the Supreme Court. Right. So. A lot of this case comes down to what definitions are we using for things? And now everyone can understand why Tyler gets really pedantic about definitions sometimes. Well, and and, and the. To be fair, the judge would mm-hmm. have to take that approach with this type of case because Epic would be asserting a certain claim, right? They would be making an accusation. Yep. And the judge at that point has to sort out, is that accusation a fact? Or yes. is it just a way that Epic are perceiving the marketplace? Yes. Is it a way that, you know, like when I look back on the moves that were made publicly mm-hmm. by these companies, it really starts to dawn on me that there was a lot of game playing that they were trying to do early on. 100%. To throw everybody else off, like to either gain critical opinion, yes. critical mass, or even influence the court cases through Always. that. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're trying to, you know, put out the 1984 commercial. Yep. And, and, and make these public moves that honestly, they probably should have just shut up. And let, you know, but the, the facts are, from yeah. what I understand, 
and you're gonna you're gonna correct me on this, but there was nine out of ten things that the judge disagreed with Epic on. Yes. And one big thing that the judge said, I disagree with Apple. Right. So I think that's creating this media confusion about who won what. Because there was, yes. both sides came out with scars. Uh, I mean, I think both sides, I, I mean, this is where it's getting a bit weird. Of, I think both sides both came out not as well as they dreamed. Mm-hmm. But I think actually both sides came out, you know, if we were to talk to their lawyers and get them to talk candidly, I think both probably are decently happy with where they're at right now. Um, they're going to go to appeal which is just that's just going to happen. They're going to try to, yeah. both sides are going to uh, have made signs that they're going to try to appeal. And yeah. So what yeah. happened? Well, I want to yeah, so so high level. High level. High level is California has a series of laws that are designed to support the market operating as it air quotes should. And that's making sure that you can't make it a monopoly. That's ensuring that competition continues to exist. Um, so what we actually have here is actually, this is kind of two cases in one, which is Epic sued Apple and then Apple counter sued Epic um, for, for Epic broke a contract and that was never really in dispute. Epic was like, yeah, we did because it was an unjust contract and we wanted to make this this lawsuit happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you basically had the rough summary of this is underneath California's law. This is not an all of the United States law. This is a California law. Epic alleged 10 counts of violation under the California competition and antitrust laws. Apple denied all 10 and then also said, but you still owe us money for this violation of contract. Uh, The court found that Apple is engaging in one count of anti-competitive conduct uh, through the use of anti-steering provisions, Mm -hmm. uh, which, and I'm going to quote the thing here, the court concludes that Apple's anti-steering provisions hide critical information from consumers and illegally stifle consumer choice. So this is talking about that question there of whether or not Epic is allowed to send people to their own website to buy V-Bucks. Yep. And this is the one thing the court found in California is that in California, which again, let's remember, is one of the biggest economies in the world. California by itself is top eight economies, I think. Right. It generates more money than Canada, which is an entire country. Uh, that is illegal. Of Epic or Amazon or whoever needs to be allowed in the Apple store to say, by the way, you can go buy stuff on our own store. Yeah. Uh, and, and that would be Netflix. That would be Spotify. That would yes. be like the judge used language and decisions that kind of say it has to be opened up for everybody. If you're going to do like it, it, it's yes, Apple, it's like, yeah. Apple are really putting the blinders on the consumers. Yes. By saying, so it's only this way. Yes. So by it being an antitrust case, that means that by its nature, if Epic won, it would be it would be changing the behavior of Apple. Mm-hmm. That's what Epic was seeking. Um, one of the big criticisms of Epic throughout this entire case was Epic was very nebulous and weird on what they really wanted. 
Yeah. Um, which I want to circle back to, but I want to talk about some of these definitions we talk about here. So one of the big questions in this case that was used to determine really most of it was what industry is the Apple store in? Mm. That's a good question. Apple alleged that we're like, we're a cell phone tech company. There's so much competition. We cannot be a monopolist. And if you believe Apple and you with Apple there, yeah, they can't. Just definitionally, if you have like less than a less than half of the market, you can't be a monopolist. Right. That Epic made the allegation that the Apple store is just for Apple phones. It is a walled garden that basically once Apple gets consumers in, it's really hard to leave. Mm-hmm. And if you agree with Epic, I think you'd also kind of agree like, yeah, that's that's anti-competitive behavior. That's probably a monopoly. Yeah. The judge said you're both wrong. <laughs> the judge rejected both definitions that were presented. Um, and instead, the court finds, and I'm going to quote the case here, finds the relevant market here is digital mobile gaming transactions. Mm. So, like, it's very specific. Yeah. In that's... that it's, it's, we're, I'm going to highlight mobile and gaming. Right. So oh. let's think about the fact that the Apple Store is actually also for Apple computers. So this case would not cover the Apple Store mm. onto computers. Right. Because they're not mobile. And possibly not iPads, because iPads may or may not be mobile devices. And what about the idea then that this, my assumption earlier, yeah, that this affects Netflix and all that. Now that would exclude that because it's not a yes. gaming thing. Yeah, it, it, this is where it is. Is why for that one provision, that definition doesn't matter for that provision. Oh my God. What that provision is about, it's about a separate question, which is Apple is, is, is purposely hiding information from consumers, preventing them from making educated and informed decisions. Right. And that's why the case for Epic fails on the other nine counts, is because of this is the definition the judge has chosen. Mm. Gotcha. Now, let's, now we're going to nerd about, out about what is a game. <laughs> Because this is a question that gets a decent amount of play in the case. I'm going to list some things that they discussed and they tried to go, is this a game or is this something else? Oh, and I'm going to have you tell me what you think. All right, you're going to get the gut gut reaction. I'm yeah, 100%. Not, Minecraft. Not, yeah. Minecraft. Is it a game? I want to say yes, but I, I also think it's a building exercise. <laughs> like the court actually agrees. The court is game. Okay. I'm I'm looking for the trap on all these. Things. Oh no, no no no! This is again. I find this fascinating. Roblox. Uh, yeah, because it's very much like Minecraft in my mind. But there's a lot more transaction in Roblox, isn't there? 
Oh, well, I'm going to go with game. You're going to go with game? Yeah. They don't make it a definitive choice, but they suggest Roblox is actually an experience, not a game. Oh, my goodness. Experience. Oh, right. And they the court actually says, I'm quoting again, the court leaves the thornier further questions of what is properly included in the definition of video game to academics and commentators. Oh, wow. That's us. Because they discuss (laughs) Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Is that a game? Hmm. That was that episode of Black Mirror that you could interact. Exactly. I I think by virtue of the fact that you're asking people's involvement and changing the course based off of their input, it classically falls under game, but it could be an experience. If that's another word that we're throwing around, right? Exactly. The court actually says, we don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) All right, I'm learning which, like, our vernacular for answering now. I don't know either. <laughs> right? The court, to the credit, the court is like, I don't know. I, I, to be fair, we don't need to make that decision, so we're not going to. Yeah, that's another 180 pages. <laughs> is Fortnite a video game? And remember, this one's important because we are talking about the mobile gaming platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gamer in me wants to call it a game. I don't sure. know that it legally falls under that classification now. So that's what part of this case is, is there is no strict legal definition for what a video game is. Yeah, because I, I think that this falls into that Roblox kind of trap door. Yeah. Of is it an experience? Because they're offering more than just the game. Yeah. They're offering concerts in the universe. They're offering production elements they're offering fan experiences yeah to quote to quote sweeney and wessinger quote fortnite is a phenomena that transcends gaming wow (laughs) you know what do you think the judge says sweeney and them being like oh man that's great they really think this is a piece of art but we're getting screwed (laughs) because we don't fit that definition of what we sued on uh, no, because the judge decided the definition. Because they actually, yeah. it being a, because uh, they were saying that it's it should apply to everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the court says, I mean, it looks like a video game a lot. <laughs> it really looks like a video game. Maybe, maybe you can win that definition, but. Quote, the oh. general market does not appear to recognize the metaverse and its corresponding game modes in Fortnite as anything separate and apart from the video game market. So Fortnite is basically a video game for her purposes. Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. So, I, yeah, I think it is a game. Like, come on, you log in, you shoot shit. Yeah. Like... But you don't have to because there's other game modes. Yeah, and that, that's where I get into this quandary because, you know, my phone started hitting me a couple weeks ago about yeah. some kind of concert taking place on Fortnite. 
And I yeah. actually debated on downloading the app and logging in just to see what the experience was for the sole purposes of this show, right? Like just to convey to the audience or whatever that I did this. And then I decided not to just because I, I just felt weird about it. Yeah. It wasn't an art. Like if it was an artist that had a bigger hook on me, I probably would have, but I don't get like a lot of the, the rappers and the musicians that they have on there. They're all musicians. Um, uh -huh. But a lot of the acts that they have on there just don't have that appeal to my age category. So, yeah. but I see the pictures post event and I'm curious. Like, I'm just curious how content's being consumed and the acceleration path of it due to the pandemic and the isolation. Yeah. So I don't know that it's entirely healthy, but it's happening. So they've really, I think Epic are in this dangerous zone of, of manipulating the market and the, and the mind space of the <sighs> participants so much that it's causing these ugly blurred lines now of what is a video game, what is an experience, how they're reprogramming the mentality of the participants to always be plugging the money back into it and going back to the trough. Yep. Like the, it's getting psychological warfare-ish, you know, what oh, I mean? yeah. about, about <clears throat> money and all companies do it. They want your money. They want your bank account empty mm -hmm. into theirs. Like that, that's at the end of the day, that's any company, no matter how nice they seem. Totally. So, you want, yeah. Do you want to know another definition that becomes important in this case? And the court sure. again kind of sidesteps. Okay. Is the Nintendo Switch a mobile gaming platform? Mm. Because if we accept the Nintendo Switch is a mobile gaming platform, Apple has less than 50% of the mobile gaming market share. Mm -hmm. It is a mobile gaming. I can I can pick it up. I can walk away. I can join another network. Yeah. Just because I'm not on a LTE or 5G network doesn't mean that I can't acquire signal at a coffee shop yep. or somewhere else and perform a transaction. 100%. So and there's nothing to say that the next version of the Switch won't have a 5G <clears throat> connection. Yeah, well, you know, like being portable, that's where I think the whole idea of the iPad is a mobile device because I can acquire signal on my terms. Yep. Or not. And it's the same with my computer. I can turn off and on the internet mm -hmm. and still be able to use my computer. Yeah. I just can't do a live transaction. That's all. But I can do a transaction, seal it off, experience it at whatever capacity I can. All these things really become a rabbit hole. I see where the judge had to go now. Yeah. So, I mean, people, I saw a lot of people get really pissy online about like how pedantic this case is. And I'm like, this case has to be pedantic. Otherwise, you end up with weird results, right? Yeah, well, if you said if you said Apple is 100% violating antitrust laws because it's a mobile gaming platform, that breaks the Nintendo Switch because it has the exact same situation if it's also a mobile gaming platform. Mm -hmm. And maybe also Steam. Mm -hmm. Because if if it's on a laptop, it's mobile. Yeah, or one of those new handhelds that are coming out by, you know, X company for Christmas. Precisely.
Right. So, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to I'm going to give you my hot take on people getting upset over this right now. Oh, yeah. It, it's because it doesn't fit in the headline. A hundred percent. Look, it's also like that's, that's the that's the crying going on right now is that you can't tell me who won and who lost. This isn't a, a YouTuber fighting a boxer type yeah. definition. It's not. Yes, it, it's got nuance. And, and people don't like that. Like the world has transitioned into hell. I'm not even going to lie. Sometimes I throw up articles in our chats and I just read the headline. Yeah. I'm like, I want to talk about it, but I'm not going to read some reporter's digestion of it and eat it up. I'm going to go experience it for myself. I'm going to try and find the facts and form my own opinion or watch somebody's opinion that I trust. Right. Yep. Like a, an identifiable source. Cause that's what I'm, you're doing when you're reading an article. Yeah. So you get an opinion. And just so, like when you're listening to us, we're giving yeah. you our opinion, our spin on yep. this. Yeah. Well, and we're trying to get to fa- we're trying to we're trying to differentiate between facts. Yes. And then where we are building on facts to get to our opinions and our decisions. Yeah. So the last one that I really want to get into before we move to the next part of it is one of these big questions in this case basically is contingent on the fact that we're filing underneath the California law and the California anti-competitive law is different than the American one. Mm. That I was worried about. It's very different. And it's worth noting that both in the States and here in Canada, this is less of an issue in Europe, but in the States and in Canada, it's very common that your state or province We'll have a law that roughly covers the same area as the federal law and is drafted expecting the federal law to be part of this process. Mm -hmm. So a a great example for Canada that's nice and easy is fisheries. The federal government sets a bunch of rules about fisheries. A bunch of provinces have access to water. And they have to follow the federal rules and they have to make sure that their people follow the federal rules. Right. But they can put more rules in place. Yeah. And that's how it works a lot of the time. And that brings us to a really important thing that's going on in the United States right now, which is a lot of academics and observers have pointed out there has functionally not been a major antitrust or anti-competitive case since the 90s on a federal yeah. level. And that yep. was that was the Windows breakup when they got yep. mad at Windows packaging, Word and Internet Explorer and all this stuff and potentially, you know, hollowing out the market that way. And yep. it's worth noting the judge. And this is me. Making an argument, I would argue the judge seems to gesture. Towards the fact that Apple's. Larger regime of having it, it's a phone that then they are able to limit what you do with it so much and really, really discourage you from leaving their ecosystem. Mm-hmm. To my reading, the judge seems to imply that this might be a thing the federal level is supposed to take care of. Yes. Which, you know, I, I also agree with. Um, but it's worth noting that, yeah, the California one is not as wide ranging. 
And the judge has set a very specific definition here um, because it's got it. And that's it's one of the best ways to do it. Yeah, I, and I had heard something to that effect in the retelling mm-hmm. of some of it where it was there was an there was a suggestion by the judge that yeah. maybe this should be tackled on a bigger scale. Right? Uh, on a federal this is more of a federal issue that warrants a look. Yep. The, and I think that's a healthy thing to do. The last thing that I do want to flag that I found very interesting is that briefly the judge has a digression on Apple charging 30%. Okay. And one of the defenses to your behavior being anti-competitive is proof that what you're doing is worthwhile in that Apple taking 30% is worth it for consumers and people going out to their store. So in in this case, it's a bit interesting because Apple technically has two consumers. It has people putting stuff on their store. Mm -hmm. And it has people who buy phones and download off their store. Right. And Apple argues that being on Apple store is worth at least 30%. Yes. And the judge refused to buy that. Yeah. They've always argued that it security. There's sure. costs associated with verifications, with servers, with electricity, with X, Y, Z. These these are things to keep the lights on and the, the, the gates locked. Yeah. So the judge did say that she didn't find that convincing. And that doesn't mean they have to change it. It was far more of if you are found to otherwise violate things, that's not a defense for you. Yeah, he denied that defense preemptively, even though it wasn't required. Well, I, I, some of the filings, my understanding over this past year of watching this a little from yeah. afar, have been Apple has expo- or Epic has exposed negotiations yes. with other vendors on the rate. Right. So the minute you do that, you invalidate the argument that it's a must do, because yep. you're not evenly applying it amongst all your clients or customers. Sure. So if you're going to go and cut a deal for XYZ and say, okay, we're going to only harvest 10% of your cost, you've invalidated your own argument. Totally. Like you shot yourself in the foot. Agreed. So I think, I think the judge is preemptively saying that because it's like the proof exists that that, that argument's invalid. So don't, don't pursue that. Yeah. That's so let's move thing. over to people. Let's, let's go talk about the reporting on it now. Because it was a few days ago now. And yeah. we've seen a lot of reporting. Any of it good? <laughs> and some of it's good. There is some good reporting going on. Yeah. But there is a lot of it that is, I mean, Kotaku, I believe, rules it as a epic win um yeah. because arguably epic got one of the big things they wanted i think i think the predominant feeling is epic got the biggest thing that they wanted maybe i i, I don't know what the other nine dismissed or you know 
acknowledged losses were. I mean, but it's, this, this would be the outcome that they most desired. This was the one thing that they wanted the most. It is worth noting that the judge did say, you know, you got to pay all that money during the contract break. So they have they do have to pay millions to Apple in that countersuit. OK. Um, and, you know. They didn't. They couldn't prove that Apple was a fully monopolist behavior. So, I mean, the the top level, like the, the highest punishment you can have for being a monopolist is the government comes in and breaks you up. Right. And we didn't. And that didn't happen here. No, but somebody sounded the alarm. Well, it's a question of whether or not the government actually follows up on it or acknowledges it. Yeah. Do they launch an investigation? Do they how much vigor is is implemented? Because let's look at things in context, right? Worldwide recovery. Yeah. Pandemic. Does yep. Biden and the Democrats or it doesn't matter what political parties in charge. Do they want to go knocking on Apple's door and be looking for a fight? Or do they want to sit there and they go, hey, yeah, keep on pumping up that 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 stock market. You know, hold yep. that tent pole high because uh, we don't want to be sitting here and chew our own leg off. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't want to introduce, you know, instability into the stock market on one of these pillars, right? Because if if the tech industry isn't holding it up, all other industries look to be in some kind of degree of environmental, you know, issue, a gas and oil, you know, these, these things that we've really relied on in the past to hold up the economy is potentially in change while we move to more environmentally conscious materials. It's also worth noting that literally as of 18 minutes ago, I just got my newsfeed. The Verge is reporting that Epic has officially appealed. Okay. So that's not a surprise. Yep. We knew. Uh, yes. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I, honestly, the initial media coverage I thought was really subpar. I think yes. we're getting more of it now because the, the heavy hitters that had that sit down and read stuff have had to uh, did their job. And I think that. I think that a lot of the early reporting, particularly from stuff more in the gaming slash nerdosphere, was really subpar and, and really yeah. showed that there's a reason sometimes that you're the verge, your salon, mm -hmm. whatever does better. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody expected this result this quickly. To drop it on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. And it takes analysis. And like, let's face it, like, I know a lot of people work a lot of bizarre schedules and whatnot, but it does take time to dissect this. Right. And if I'm looking at you, I know that you've got the ability to read contract law. And I know that you've got the ability to read and the, the, the education to read a legal document. But if you slap that document in front of a guy like me, who's, you know, a technician, and, you know, it doesn't go to court, doesn't doesn't have these things or history. I'd look at that document. I'd probably be at where you're at now in about two weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of of a highlighter and a and a, and a thesaurus <laughs> trying to figure out 
what kind of language is being used here and the logic behind it. Uh, that's why I really appreciate you taking the time that you do to put it I, into layman's terms. I mean, my response to that would be, you know, if you're Kotaku, you're a journalist. It's your yeah. job to report. If you can't read a legal document, get a source that can or learn. Yeah. Hire somebody. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's unfortunately, I think it's where we're heading in the land of video games now that it's monetized to the, the degree that it is. It isn't a straight transaction like a movie is. Yeah. You know, where I, we're going to go hire these actors. We're going to have these contracts. Then we're going to resell it to this distribution point. They're going to resell it to that theater. People are going to eat marked up popcorn and pop. Have the experience. Like it or lump it. You're not getting your money back. This is the way it works. Yep. All right. Yeah. I, yeah. I now just. Video games are just like, hey, do you really like the guy that you're playing? Play at $5.99 and he's yours for another week. And uh, manipulation, man. No, I'm with it's, you. I just, I was really disappointed in a lot of the, um, the coverage. Yeah. And just a lot of the coverage was just like, ugh, subpar. Yeah. I agree. I, I haven't seen as many headlines maybe as I thought I would. But I, yeah. I, I think this week will uncover more and more understanding. Yeah. People. I mean, The Verge has a really good breakdown of it. Um, what was the other good one I found? Oh, I can't. I've lost it. Oh, uh, the other one I was actually impressed with was Brookings had an OK commentary on it. Hmm. So, yeah. Uh, the yeah. last bit is. Oh, yeah, yeah. go for it. Well, and I was just going to say the last little tie up point here is that this this news hits at the same time as other places in the world. Yeah, we got a lot of made laws. Right? Or, and, or going process. through the process. But we know Sorry. in South Korea, yep. basically the South Korean government passed a law. They, they didn't want to have a court case about this. They just decided, yep, we don't like this for our people. And they've issued to Apple, you've got to change the way your store operates in our country now. Yep. You know, just like the EU demands that Apple go USB-C versus Lightning on their devices. Yeah. Right. They have to change their behavior. They have Speaking to include chargers in Brazil. Yep. That's Speaking of the EU, they are in an investigation for, yep. against Apple right now under allegations of antitrust. And they are they are looking into everything that Epic is alleging. And they're going through all these documents that have gone into the court. Yeah. Um, the EU is, is in the middle of investigating. They're watching that and they're not pro epic but they are very concerned about what apple is doing mm -hmm. and they've alluded to also being concerned about google and facebook and finally yep. doing some of the work that didn't want not think might be worthwhile i've seen the ongoing travesty that is the video game Which investing the past ea has gone to absolutely
terrible fashion and gotten away with loot boxes. And things. The way that they don't have this in the investigation about any potential damages that it was doing or, or behaviors that it was reinforcing in kids. Right. And they're like, no, this is the same as going and putting a quarter into the machine and getting a random thing. Sure. I mean, that, that's what we're doing. And on it, you know, there is some validity there. But the fact is, is that we're not talking about quarters. We're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars being spent on ultimate team and manipulation in the marketplace and, and, and all kinds of stuff. It's a it's an onion. It's not a straight transactional thing. That's a component of it. Right. And then we get into these definitions that you're talking about, which I now understand have a lot more meaning in the context of these actions and, and investigations. So I think it's on everyone to, I don't think, you know, my criticism in the past has been this. I think the world's moving faster than the legislation can go. And these companies are being very suave about trying to outmaneuver the political nature of these governments. In these investigation, investigational bodies. Well, I got good news for you. Okay. Great news, I would argue, because I'm finally seeing some really good news in this place. Okay. Uh, first of all, Belgium and Germany, loot boxes are already illegal. Yes. And, and Be- I think in Norway or some... A like, few other places as well. Yeah. Yeah. Spain is currently looking into it. Um, just because it takes time to draft laws. Otherwise, you know, you draft a shitty law. And you and hurt something else. Yeah. Yeah. And... The EU has basically said loot boxes are bad. Good. And are now opening an investigation into the Fortnite model of gambling adjacent passes like battle passes. Okay. And they're already being investigated. Uh, They are getting wise. Good. It's just a matter of time, right? I, I was discouraged in those years of, yes of seemingly the headlines were pouring out that ea sent in a whole bunch of people to spin doctorate and oh yeah and it seems to have succeeded like obviously questions were asked and analysis occurs and then pressure builds right like those yep. are all the things that move a government so good i'm happy you've restored my faith in man let's get some more good news out of this the Australia Competition and Consumer Commission, mm-hmm. uh, in response to Epic filed in Australia as well, Epic the Apple, and uh, the, Aust- yeah, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, the ACCC, is investigating. They yeah. have launched a full-scale investigation into anti-competitive and antitrust lawsuits in Australia Good for Apple. Which, again, like... Yeah, we'll get around, we'll get around to my final thoughts on that. The UK <laughs> also had a case. Uh, this one didn't go as well for Epic. This one failed on a weird technicality. Okay. Of Apple's UK arm doesn't run the UK store. Ooh, okay. It is technically run by the American arm, and the UK arm appears to be mostly R and D. Okay. So basically, the UK government said, or the UK government, excuse me, the UK courts said, 
I mean, this looks like an anti-competitive case. This is what we should be looking into. However, we only can make rulings on the British arm of the company. Yeah. And the British arm of the company isn't involved in any of the allocations. Yeah. So the case failed there. You've got jurisdiction issues. Yeah. And that'll happen a lot in the law. And part of that actually has to do with treaties between the United States and the UK. Because it'll be an American company. If you're ever, if you're a freelancer and you ever do work for the, for an American client and you don't have to pay American taxes, you're really happy. Yeah. And that's why is, is we have a reciprocal trade agreement. Right. That makes sense. You want the biggest news? Oh, baby. This hasn't gotten a lot of cover, but it's the open app market act. It is a new piece of American antitrust legislation targeted Mm. at Google, Apple, Facebook. Mm. You want to know what else? Sure. It's bipartisan. Whoa. Sanity prevails. It's first introduced in August. It is in front of Congress. Uh, Lobbying groups are freaking out, which means they're afraid of it. Yep. That's a good thing. So specifically, that concern we talked about of if you say, if you look at it from the lens of apps that work on Apple phones, they have a monopoly. Mm -hmm. And uh, this bill says that's illegal. You can't do that anymore. Yeah, I think if if Google is able to sidestep it, it'll be through sideloading, right? Like I, they, there is a legitimate way for you to get an app and not involve Google in the yeah. Trans- transaction. You know what this act says about that? What? Can't expect the average customer to be that savvy. And that's fair. Google, you're in our you're in our 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 crosshairs. Yeah, I, I was putting that with an asterisk. Like it would be a Hail Mary for them if they got that to be recognized because that's been what they've kind of been holding up as the cardboard excuse as to why shit doesn't apply to them. I mean, it's one of my favorite quotes from Boston Legal from back in the day of you shouldn't need a law degree to understand your mortgage. Yeah. And it's true. Uh, you know? It lists a bunch of services. If you're an American and you think that's important, this is the time to call your senator or congressperson and tell them you support it. Yeah, uh, it's getting a lot of play. It is one of the unsexy parts of law. And it's but, important, but it affects everybody almost in a daily fashion. One hundred percent. If you have a smartphone, you have a social media account. This has implications that could touch you. Yep. And, you know, if you don't get involved and get educated on it, it can turn against you. It can change your experience to be a very negative one. If you're not part of the solution, you're just going to complain about a problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So get involved. Call, call your local politician. Heck, call them in Canada get this legislation passed with whatever government we get on the upcoming election and get this to be a priority for, for Canadians, for anywhere you live. Yeah. 
so it, so yeah the one it's, piece of bad news is in this area of antitrust legislation mm -hmm. america is de facto setting the rules for the world yes historically no one else can exert as much power on corporations as the u.s can yeah. And we are seeing with the EU and Australia opening investigations that the U.S. is kind of losing that power. But historically, the United States has made that. They've been the world court on this issue, basically. The way so I American see it listeners. now is, yeah, well, obviously the power lies with them. Yeah. But I see these investigations that you're talking about. I see these laws being passed. I see this trend line happening then I also perceive that as more political pressure on the states to follow suit, right? Like where they go, hey, guess what? We can't ignore this anymore. Other people are doing it. It's making our, you know, big jewel company here in, in Apple uncomfortable and coming to us asking questions and seeking defense or seeking shelter. Then maybe, maybe there is where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. That's what we can hope. <laughs> oh, man. I think and, I caught that one. What's that? Yeah, I think I caught that one. The. Yeah. um, And then the last thing is, is in July, uh, Biden did issue an executive order mm -hmm. to re-strengthen the antitrust uh, regime Good. in the United States. So critics of American antitrust recently have pointed out that for a variety of reasons, the antitrust department, which exists and has rules they're supposed to be enforcing, really hasn't been doing much. Yeah. And it's been a combination of, you know, lack of political capital, you know, uh, uh, Bush and Biden, not Bush and Biden, Bush and Obama both didn't super care as much yeah. as it wasn't in fun. retrospect, we think, oh, they probably should. Trump really didn't care other than for alleged censorship, which it's a whole other question and not what antitrust is really for. And then the other part of it was like they didn't have enough funding. They didn't really they weren't they weren't attracting the best and the brightest, which is always like a thing we don't talk about that much of. Right. You know, if the lawyer doesn't work for the government knocking down corporations, someone else is going to hire them. They got to live. They got to eat. Yep. Man. Holy cow. That's a lot of stuff that we just digested. A lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a big thing. It's a good thing. I think, I think we're going to be heading in a hopefully more positive or progressive direction when it comes to this stuff. When it comes to our video games, when it comes to, you know, our, our oh, digital last... experience. For my last little bow on that particular point, I think yep. no matter your politics, you should be pro antitrust legislation. Yes. If you believe in capitalism and marketplaces, monopolies are bad. We don't yep. want monopolies. Nope. Like, if you are a left winger to the point of you think capitalism should be torn down, you still don't want private antitrust. monopolies. Yeah, yeah, you don't it's want monopolies. It's still bad. I, I, I just don't like the idea of any corporation being so big that they're unaccountable. Exactly. Do you want to avoid 2008 again? 
get exactly. more antitrust, get more investigations. Yeah, and you know what? The investigation might not like. And here's the thing: it might not bear a lot of fruit, but at least it was investigated, right? At least you have a point in time where you can fall yeah. back and say, at that point in time, here was our conclusion. Yeah. Now, what happened from there to now? To, and then you can mix. do an analysis on that, right? And Precisely. Go, what what happened in the marketplace? What happened in this corporation's behavior patterns? What policies did they enshrine to really open this up into where we're at now and having to dismantle? But if you don't have the funding and you don't have the brains and you don't have the the power to open up that investigation in the first place, then every time that you do get around to it, it's going to be crisis mode every time. Yep. Right. And and so. to mix our metaphors. You know, if you don't go fishing, you aren't going to catch any fish, right? Our only chance Very of true. catching fish is to go fishing. Yep. It's worth noting that Google and Apple got in trouble in 2010, you know, in a much smaller antitrust case. But the lot of them all agreed not to poach each other's employees. Yeah. And that's bad for employees, right? If you're a, if you're a programmer and you want to make more money and Google knows that they're not going to call Apple people that mm -hmm. hurts your capacity to get paid more. Yeah. That's true. The brain drain. Well, but you know, the way to fight brain drain is to be good to be good to your people. Yeah. And be good to one another. So let's be awesome to each other. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you taking the time and everything that you're doing <clears throat> for the show. Um, very much appreciated from this of the microphone and by our listeners. And uh, we're going to give it a wrap up for this week's uh, this, this uh, it's Canon podcast. It's the show where we talk about, you know, everything pop culture, everything geek, everything court related when it comes to our video games everything lego everything movies everything fandom so if you want to get a hold of us uh, you can find us on the internet at www.itscanonpodcast.com you can track us down on instagram twitter facebook at it's canon podcast remember you've got an email all right it's show at it's canon podcast.com you got to email us in the next little bit to find out what the difference between an opera and a musical is because Tyler and I want to know. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can track us down on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, all the companies that we just talked about antitrust lawsuits with. <laughs> and if you like what you hear so far, make sure to like the show and hit the subscribe button and be sure to tell your friends that you are listening to the It's Canon Podcast. We really appreciate all the help that you give us, the rates and the reviews to push us higher up into the antitrust algorithm. But anyhow, all joking aside, thank you for taking the time to join us on the It's Canon podcast. We shall talk to you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>